And we went through the uh, case last night, and it's headed to the Arizona Supreme Court. Uh, it looks like, you know, that's where it's headed. He thinks they're going to probably take it. Well, of course, pray they do. Tell us about the case from your perspective. Well, I think we have an exceptional case. I mean, and sadly, what makes it exceptional is the level of crime that happened on Election Day here in Arizona. I mean, I, in some ways, I wish it wasn't so exceptional because it, what makes it exceptional is we have mountain a mountain of proof of what went wrong and how the people who run our elections here in Arizona are corrupt and uh, rotten to the core, frankly. They sabotaged our election intentionally to stop America First candidates such as myself. They saw me as a major threat to what they want to happen, which is a continued open border, continued drugs pouring across, human smuggling. They want continued control over our state, and they don't want to hand the government back over to we the people, which is, frankly, what where the government belongs. It belongs to the people. And they saw me as a major threat, and they said, we can't under any circumstance let her win. They saw our movement of we the people as a threat. And so they sabotaged election day by intentionally printing the wrong image on the ballot so that the machines would jam, so that a quarter of a million ballots would would kick back out unreadable, so that people would have to wait in lines that kept growing longer and longer, three, four, five hour lines, get frustrated and walk away. And then, you know, in addition to that, they threw 300,000 ballots, invalid ballots and with no chain of custody. Uh, they, two days after the election, still hadn't cheated enough that they had to add another 30,000 phony ballots. They didn't follow signature verification on uh, more than a million, we believe, um, mail-in ballots because of our whistleblowers who said there was no time to do signature verification. The signatures didn't match and they were clearing them anyway and counting them as valid as valid. Uh, votes. So there's so much evidence. We have an incredible case. The question is, do we have judges who don that black robe, who we call your honor, who understand what is happening to this country, that continued rigged elections are destroying this country because the people are onto it? And do they have the wherewithal? They know We know they have the power. Do they have the wherewithal and the courage to do the right thing and strike this election, give us a new one where we, the people, can vote and make it fair? Absolutely. Carrie, let's go through some of that. Let's break it down piece by piece, the drop boxes. Tell me specifically what you think happened with the drop boxes. Well, I mean, they just didn't follow the laws and procedures we have. You know, we have so many laws on the book and books, and a lot of people say we need to pass more laws doing this and that. And, you know, when it comes to drop boxes, when it comes to mail and ballots, what we really need to do is follow the laws. And the laws weren't followed. And so there were, they weren't taking a good count of what these ballots were. There's such thing as a chain of custody. We should know where every single ballot came from. Whenever it arrives at a new location, how many ballots left the location, how many arrived at the new location, exactly, down to the exact number of ballots. That's the only way, that's one of two ways that we have security over these uh, mail-in ballots, is chain of custody and signature verification on both fronts. Maricopa County failed miserably, and it, it was not an accident. There's no way they could be this inept. And even if they were just that inept, that's a crime as well, because we uh, hire these people to run our elections and they need to uh, actually follow the law and not 
practice such malpractice when it comes to the elections. Tell me about the kicked back ballots. Last night we talked with attorney Kurt Olson. The, raw, the image was made smaller and put onto the paper so that when it went through, it didn't get yep. the tracking that it needed. So you just used the word kick it back out. So it would kick it back out and fail. And what would happen then with those ballots? Yeah, and, and this was such, I mean, talk about diabolically genius. If you want to mess with Election Day, they knew I was running against such a drip who didn't attract anybody to her policies, didn't attract anybody to her campaign events. She didn't even campaign. She wouldn't debate. They knew they had a major loser on their hands, and they saw in, in what we had with our campaign, which wasn't about me, it was about we the people, a massive movement unlike anything seen before. And they said, oh my gosh, how do we stop this? How do we stop it? We can't just stop it with the usual uh, ballot harvesting. We've got to sabotage Election Day, but how do we do that and stop this massive movement of people from showing up on Election Day? And so they did it in a way that was so subtle that the good people of Arizona who showed up to vote on Election Day wouldn't even detect it. They made the, the image on the ballot just a little bit smaller than normal. And when that got fed into the tabulator machine, the tabulator read it as a paper jam. And that's why a quarter of a million ballots were spit out. They were told then to put them in drawer three, which I'm sure you've heard about. Oh, yeah. And uh, then we found out that those drawer threes were supposed to be brought down and counted at, at the county. No, that's not what happened. Unfortunately, and I don't know if this was by design, those drawer threes were mixed with the already counted ballots, and uh, we don't have any proof that they truly were counted. The county is saying they were, but they can't show us evidence, just like they can't show us evidence that there was chain of custody followed, just like they can't show us as uh, evidence of exactly how many ballots were received on election day. They gave us estimates. They need to know down to the exact ballot how many ballots were received. That's what chain of custody is about. And, and if we're going to have mail-in ballots, we got to follow those rules. I think every voter out there, I mean, show of hands if you're sitting at home, even if you're a Democrat, if you're independent, if you're a Republican, this isn't about just saving Republicans' ballots and votes. It's about all Arizonans, all Americans. Everybody who wants mail-in ballots would probably agree that we have to have some security features behind them, like chain of custody and voter uh, signature verification. And those things were not happening. And I think that should be appalling to all Arizonans, no matter what their political affiliation is. Remind our audience what the margin of, quote, victory was for Katie. I think, I think uh, what they claimed was 17,017. So 17017. And, you know, we know that we won by a landslide by a landslide. I am 100% certain that we won by a landslide, and this is ridiculous what they have done. And that's why I continue to fight it. Is it easy? No. Is it fun? No. It would have been fun to get into the governor's office and start turning things around and start returning the government back to the people and shut the narco traffic at the border. That I would have enjoyed because I was looking forward to bringing back some sanity and some safety to the streets of Arizona and the communities here in Arizona. This isn't fun, even though as much as I love working with Kurt Olson, who's an incredible attorney, he's a former Navy SEAL. Right. Um, but we have to do it. 
We're not at a time where we can afford to allow another election to be stolen without doing anything about it. Turn our heads away and just say, oh, well, we'll get them the next time. The establishment, I really call it the swamp, it's the uniparty, will not allow us to choose our elected officials unless they're pre-approved by the establishment. And that's got to stop. Our founding fathers did not set up our country that way. They set it up so we choose who represents us in our state offices, in our federal offices. Tell us, tell me about the long lines. Um, how many hundreds, thousands? I don't know the number, but what have you heard as far as hundreds or thousands of people that finally said, I, I got to get home. I have to make dinner for the family. I've got to take a child to a sporting event. I got to pick a child up from school. Um, I got to get back to work. I have an important meeting. I, I have a doctor's appointment. I have a, uh, I have a, I have senior citizens for parents who I have to go pick up and take, you know, to a doctor's appointment. I mean, our days are filled, right? Our days are all, and some families' days are more structured than others because they're serving, as I said, so many people, particularly, you know, some parents, you know, they're just so busy with their kids and their kids' schedule. Yeah. So tell me, how many thousands do you think finally said, I really want to vote, but due to these long lines because these paper jams and all this going on, I can't stay, and they left. Any idea? I, I think the estimate is thousands. I'd have to check. I mean, I have so much of this evidence in front of me, I'd have to kind of dig through what we have. But, you know, it, you, it's called life. We're busy people, right. right? Yep. And nobody, whether you have somebody to take care of, whether you have a little league, little league game, whether you have an appointment, a job, nobody whether you have nothing to do, should have to wait four and five hours to vote. And that was the case on Election Day, starting at 6 a.m. As soon as polls opened, it continued until 8 p.m. For 14 hours, people waited in extremely long lines. We don't know how many walked away. We can guess. But I'll tell you what, there's not many things I'd wait in line four hours for or two hours for. I'm a busy woman. And, and you should never have to wait that long to vote. And, Did that and happen these, four years earlier? Did that happen four years ear, earlier? Or? We've had lines before. We've had lines before. Of course, Maricopa County lied about the length of lines. They would tell people, if you show up at this location, it's 30 minutes, it's 45 minutes there. And people would drive 20 minutes across town only to arrive at that polling voting center. And there'd be a three-hour line. Or one woman said she saw a one-mile line. But the beautiful thing is that how many people did wait in those lines? That's how that's how they realize right now what's on the line. But a lot of people didn't. A lot of people showed up. They showed up at a polling location. They couldn't even get into line because there were no parking spots available for them to park because the lines were so long that nobody was leaving. And so their cars were there and they couldn't find a place to park. It was a travesty. It was a crime. And I'll tell you what. If was it manufactured? Happened, was it manufactured? Absolutely. Was, I have no doubt. Have we Stephen ever Richard, seen this? Have we ever seen this before to this degree? What they did to your election, have we ever seen in the history of Arizona? I don't believe we have. No. They didn't do in 2020 they did a lot. A lot of this was done at 3 a.m. when they stole the election from President Trump. In 2022 our movement was so big. And by the way, it is so big. It has not died down. It's actually only grown because people are really fed up now. Uh, they had to pull out all the stops. They couldn't just maneuver things at 3 a.m. They had to sabotage Election Day because Arizonans are so fed up. And so it's uh, it's tra a travesty what they did to the good people. If this would have happened in a Democrat stronghold, in a minority community, in a Democrat state, 
they would be demanding a new election and they would be getting a new election and they would be up in arms. And I'll tell you what, they should be up in arms. I would be up in arms right there with them. This is not about just Republicans being disenfranchised. It's about all voters being disenfranchised. But intentionally, these monsters who run our election at Maricopa County, two men by the name of Stephen Richer and Bill Gates, who ran a super PAC raising tens of thousands of dollars to try to defeat me, and they're in charge of the election. They chose to sabotage Election Day in primarily the Republican voting areas. And we have a map, a heat map, that shows where where the Republicans vote. And if you put pinpoints on where all of the voting centers that had trouble were, they fall right on top of where that of where that map showing where the Republicans are. It is absolutely an attack on uh, the voters who were showing up to vote for me. And they knew that 75% of the people showing up on election day were voting for Carrie Lake and the Republicans because our voters don't trust the way the elections are run. And I sure as heck can't blame them. They're run like a banana republic here in Arizona, especially in Maricopa County. Let's talk about, and I agree with all of that, let's talk about the signature verification. Um, explain to our audience what you mean by that, because you also, correct me if I'm wrong, because I interview so many people on so many topics in so many st- states and so many elections with fraud, but I thought you put out a tweet about the signature verification, and they didn't like that you showed some of these ballots in one of your tweet, and weren't they talking some bogus thing about charging you? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the frauds who have stolen our state government and are sitting in these main offices in our state government who have no business being there after this phony fraudulent election have now trying to arrest me they're they're wanting to arrest me for exposing the election fraud for can you even imagine their, for exposing their crime they they want yep. you to be arrested they don't want to arrest the people behind uh printing the wrong ballots and and making that happen. They don't want to be arresting the people behind sabotaging our election day, behind uh, p- pumping 300,000 invalid ballots in for the count in Arizona. They don't want to arrest the people behind this terrible signature verification. We uh, took an image from the public uh, Arizona Senate committee hearing where they showed how horribly mismatched signatures were. Yes. And you look at them and you go, how on earth would anybody approve that? It's so obvious. It's obvious that is not the intended voter. And this was an image that was put out in a public hearing by the Arizona um, Senate. And it was also put out over the Internet uh, through the World Wide Web when it was streamed live to the world. And we took that image and put it out to show people how bad this uh, signature verification process is. I think that Arizonans are appalled by it. They want to know that when they put their sacred vote in the mail, that only the ones that are real are being counted. Because when you count a bunch of phony ones, your real vote is watered down. And Arizonans' votes were watered down on November 8th of 2022 when we had the most egregious case of election crime and election fraud this country's ever seen. Mm. And we have mountains of evidence and we're just waiting for courageous judges who hold the power to stop this insanity, to put their foot down and rule in favor of the good people of Arizona who want honest, secure, and transparent elections. Absolutely. Just a few more questions. I know you have a busy schedule and a lot to do. Uh, Talk to me about what you're hoping will come from your case, which we're praying will be accepted by the Arizona Supreme Court, 
as I understand from Kurt Olson last night, who I think is going to be the one that will argue it at the Supreme Court, um, your guys are seeking the, re, you know, the basically the uh, the do-over of a fair election, but just for Maricopa County right now. This would just be Maricopa County, a do-over, right? Yes, there's, there are many ways that we could do this. Um, I think the fairest way is a do-over. I do want people's votes to count. I want I want each vote for each legal voter to count, and I think that would be the fair way of handling it. It will be up to the uh, the judiciary to decide, and, and we're open to several different options, but we want this to be a fair vote. And what we really want, and what I am about right now as I'm in this kind of limbo, waiting for uh, the judiciary process to kind of work its way through, I really want to educate people. This is not conspiracy. This is a this is our country. This is our sacred vote. We are not election deniers. We are election reform advocates. We want to make sure that our children, when they grow up, have a, a, the right to vote and vote for the people they want to represent them in this great country. And we can't afford many more of these um, just a, a bogus elections where they're stolen. And so I'm trying to wake people up and tell them, ask your um, elected officials about this. Ask anybody who's running for office about it. Don't let them sit silently censored because they're afraid of being called an election denier. Who cares what they call you? We have to stand up right now and demand honest elections, demand that our, our signatures match, demand that our votes are counted and only valid votes are counted, demand that procedures and laws are followed. And when they aren't followed, we need to demand that there's justice and there are consequences. And right now, if this uh, appellate court upheld the lower judge uh, ruling, it's basically giving a nod and a wink to every corrupt election official across this country, and there are many of them, that you can go ahead and steal elections, nothing's going to happen, who cares what the law is, do what you want. That's the message that's going out right now. I talked to and a pastor in Arizona the other night, maybe two or three nights ago. He's not a very, uh, I would say he's not a very politically involved guy. He's really busy being a pastor and, and with his ministry and all. But he brought you up right away. And and this is not a guy that's like, you know, really heavily involved. He's not a policy wonk like maybe you and I would be. But he brought you up right away and he said, You're following this case, right? I said, Oh yes, I've interviewed her for you know almost two years now. I'm definitely following this case. He said, You know they stole that election from her, right? I said, Yes, I do, but I'm so glad to hear that you're aware of that because you're not one that really follows politics so closely. He said, yeah, but I'm following this because this is my state, and I know they stole it from her. They stole it from her. And I don't normally hear him ever get exercised or that emotional about something as he did this. Because, again, he's, he's busy being a pastor and doing all he's doing, but he understands the importance of elections as a pastor and keeping the pulpit free. But, boy, he was very adamant. Are you finding that as you move around Arizona that the citizens are, even those who are not maybe – political wonks like we are, are very, very exercised about what happened during this process. Mm, I'm t my heart just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting emotional right now thinking of that story you just told because I hear this every day. I can't walk 10 feet where people say, thank you for fighting this. What they did on election day, they stole this election. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about people of Arizona. We don't have a voice. They've left us voiceless and powerless. And that's what they want. And I will not step down from this fight. 
I will stand with my feet firm on the ground and I am not going to flinch. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to even uh, cower one second. We're right. They stole this and we're not going to let them get away with it. And everybody knows it. They know it. The people who are sitting in these offices that were stolen know it. Katie Hobbs knows it. She knows with 100% certainty that she did not win. She knows that she is not Arizona's governor. And she's sitting there in a stolen office squatting in the governor's office. It's absolutely disgusting. Every Arizona knows it. Every American knows it. I've been to seven different states since the election. And I can't walk through an airport. I can't walk through an event. I can't go to a restaurant without people coming up to me saying, we know you won that. It's disgusting what happened in Arizona. And thank you for fighting. Do you receive any negative? Uh, just a little bit. I mean, online, you know, it's all the trolls. They've got, I'm telling you, there's nobody who has more trolls after them than online. And to the people behind these trolls, I mean, I think it's, I, I can guess where they're coming from and who's who's pushing it. I just want them to know, I don't have any reaction to that. It doesn't bother me. You can send every troll farm, every bot against me, and I don't care. It doesn't stop me. It doesn't make me want to back out. It actually fuels me. It fuels that fire in me to continue to fight, knowing that they are so afraid of me and we the people that they've got to get every bot farm in the world on my social media and go after me. Um, that means that, that they're afraid of us. They're afraid that we're making gains and we are, mm. I've had a couple people say, you know, something rude, like you lost or something like that. And that's fine. I mean, I think maybe they've been brainwashed or they don't understand what really happened. And I'm in this fighting for honest elections for them as well. So even the people who don't support what we're doing, I want honest elections for them as well. I don't want Republicans to have an advantage or Democrats. Mm. I want legal voters, I want them to be able to vote with the uh, uh, knowledge and, and understanding that the elections are fair. And when we have that, I will feel that uh, we have accomplished what we're set out to do. Two more questions. There's been talk of you running for U.S. Senate. That's talk, you know, on social media and articles. Is that even something you would consider if this doesn't go the way, you know, I believe it probably should go with the courts and you are put into the office. If it doesn't go that way, would you consider running for another office? And how confident, Carrie, would you be that this whole thing wouldn't just be repeated on another office? Are you, in other words, Mike has said in Minnesota he wouldn't run for dog catcher under this system. How do you feel about running for another office until this is all rectified? Well, the movement we have is so powerful in Arizona. We've never seen anything like it. And I'm not saying that to brag or be boastful. I mean, God, God gave me the courage to walk away from my job. And then he led me down this insane, fun, crazy, exciting path to run for office. And wow, we end up having this massive movement. And the people are so excited about getting leadership that actually represents them and works for them. Can you imagine having political leaders who work for the people? They were so excited only to see their um, votes stolen. And if they're so worried about little old me and, and we the people that they're willing to steal an election to make us go away, that means that I have to stay in. I have to stay in in some way, shape, or form. Mm. And so, yes, I am considering that. 
I, my first goal is obviously to see this case through and hope that we have justices who do the right thing. I really would hate to see these justices give their stamp of approval to the worst run, most criminal, fraudulent election this country has ever seen. I hope they don't do that. I hope that they realize that that history is watching and that that's how they'll go down in history. But God forbid we don't have a victory. I will consider that. I absolutely will. I've had many people reach out to me and say, you need to run for office. Now, to get to that last part, why would somebody vote again? That's exactly what they want. They steal these elections because they, they want the grassroots and we the people to just throw our hands up and say, I give up. I can't do this anymore. I, why, would we, why would we vote? Why would we get involved anymore? Why would we knock on doors? Why would we take part in the political process? That's exactly what the swamp wants. The biggest threat to the swamp are we the people. And if they steal these elections and then we just walk away and say we won't vote again, they won. We need to go out and vote. We need to vote in bigger numbers, even in their rigged system, because every time we vote in bigger and bigger numbers, it makes it harder for them to cheat and they reveal who they are. This go around in 2022 was so much different than 2020 because we had people on the ground, people taking pictures, gathering evidence, and that's how we have such a great election case. In 2020, we didn't have that. And so we need to show up again in 24, as hard as it is. And even if it's the rigged system, vote like our lives depend on it in their rigged system will expose more of these criminals. And hopefully by then we'll have some relief through the courts. Vote like your life depends on it because it actually does. Um, yep. With fentanyl, open borders, crime, MS-13, hyperinflation on the horizon, bank, bank crises one after the other, the FDIC even holding meetings in November of 2022 on camera talking about bank crises coming. Yeah, our lives do depend on it. And, the, the lives we know. And they're going and, after our kids. And they're, and they're going, going after, after our, our kids. kids. Yep. And then so, we find out that the money going to Ukraine is going to pay for their uh, their pensions. Yep. And and secure their border while our border's wide open. It is we're living in on planet crazy. Yeah. Well, if, we, if know, we don't get the right people in, and we may not be able to do it before they carry out things that they're trying to carry out, we're going to World War Three. And then the next thing you know. Uh, with them having decimated our military, you know, and caused so many to leave or kicking so many out or making so many of them sick with the clot shot, they're going to be putting in a draft. And you know what? I got young guys in their 20s sitting in the control room right now running all this. So this is about electing people that will do what is in the best interest of our country. And I'm sorry, there is no national interest for me or the guys in the control room over in Ukraine. But, I, you know, over my dead body, am I going to let this go so far as to draft these guys because they've decimated the military? And they're already talking about drafting America's daughters, for Pete's sake. So don't get me started on that. But I, I think, I, I think wow. people underestimate how much our lives, as we know, as well as our physical lives, depend upon people like you being in office to defend our God-given constitutional rights, protect our borders, <laughs> and do what's in our interest, not the interest of corporate, big corporate people, international businesses, or the money laundering schemes they can come up with through the Ukraine or other countries that they did that in the past in. Final That's question, right. if you want to respond to that, feel free. But final question I is- I do. I do want okay. to respond okay. to that. And this is why it's not about Democrat versus Republican anymore. I don't know one Democrat mom out there who wants to see her son or or her daughter be drafted and fight a war in Ukraine. Right. That Joe Biden, in my opinion, is responsible for in large part. He's he's he is trying to trigger trouble across the globe yep. with the Nord Stream uh, pipeline 
being blown up. This man is irresponsible. He is trying to destabilize the world. At the same time, destabilize America with the wide open border and sending drugs in, killing our children. The mama bears aren't going to have it anymore. The mama bears are done. They were done back in, in November 8th when they, when they showed up and voted for me. And we need to get some real people out there who care about Americans. And this is not Democrat versus Republican anymore. They're trying to make it look like it's that. I think we can come together on so many issues, but we have to put our foot down when it comes to globalism. Absolutely. Globalism is a fancy new term for communism, which is the end of America. And I, I hope that nobody out there is rooting for that. I know there's some kind of evil people out there, but we need to start looking at candidates and and uh, figuring out which ones are for the globalist agenda and which ones are uh, against globalism and for Americanism. Mm, and that's where we've got to vote. Final question. Tell me what, here we are on the Lindell Report. Mike's out on business tonight. You know, he's putting together the uh, Election Crime Bureau and working with people all over the country, putting these meetings together, flying. He was in three states last week alone meeting uh, with elected officials. Um Tell me what Mike Lindell has meant to you, to this, your case, to the country. What, is, what do you think when you hear the name Mike Lindell? Well, I, I just want to smile from ear to ear. And as difficult as the times are, when I think of Mike, um, I smile because this is a guy who always keeps a positive attitude, who's been through so much, who's given so much, and is continuing, no matter what the media says about him, and they tear him down, they drag him down, they make fun of him. He is the uh, most incredible patriot I know, and I am, I am just honored to call him friend. He cares so much about election integrity. It's the issue of our time. It's the reason they won't let us talk about it. Think about it. The whole COVID thing, where they shut down the places that we used to vote. Churches and schools. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? That's what they shut down. So we had to go vote in, in massive vote centers and they could uh, push fraud in our elections. They don't want us talking about it because they know it is the issue of our time. And once we secure honest elections, that's when the world turns around and we start to see improvement all across the globe once we get honest elections. So I love Mike Lindell. I, I would uh, uh, really lay down and die for that guy because he's somebody I want in the foxhole with me. I know that his heart is in it. He's given up treasure. He's lost business, but he, he continues to fight. and He does so with a smile and is able to laugh along the way. And I know that he has God on his side. Indeed. And he's even willing to sit in a claw machine for Jimmy Kimmel just to get the message out. I love that. That was genius, actually. I had people say, why did Mike do that? I said, are you kidding? He went in to the, um, I didn't want to say lion's head. He went into the beast of the belly, uh, the belly of the beast. And he did that entire, um, you know, segment with Jimmy Kimmel. And think how many people out there, wh whoever's watching, I, what, they have like 10 people watching. <laughs> okay, let's give them, let's say a thousand people were watching Jimmy Kimmel. If he brought 10, 15, 20 people over and made them realize that Mike Lindell's a great guy who cares about elections and all he wants is that we all have fair elections. That's big. We need to all start bringing people over and explaining to them what's at stake here. Taking the politics out of it, take the politics out of our, our rotten elections and just talk about the process of our elections and how we can strengthen that to make it to where it's fair and honest. Absolutely. Do you have any websites or social media or anything you want to promote for you go? 
Yes, indeed. CarrieLake.com, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E.com. You can find me on Twitter. I am actually on Frank Social. You can find me on Getter. You can find me on, um, you know, Facebook, all the other stuff as well. And I just appreciate everyone's prayers, and I appreciate that you had me on tonight. No, thank you. You're always welcome. I'll never forget the day that we were in Dallas uh, two years ago this summer, and you walked up. You had one assistant with you. And you walked up, and I introduced myself to you at the Lindell booth and uh, said, once you want to come visit, you said, yeah, I'm running for governor of Arizona. I think that was the first time I'd heard that. I recognized you from where you had been on a uh, documentary, I think, for National Geographic or somebody. And I, yeah. But I didn't realize you were running for governor. You told me, and I said, well, come on over here and sit down. Let's visit. We went live from CPAC uh, two years ago this summer, and wow, your life has been a whirlwind since then. Oh, my gosh. It truly is, but... You know, you just, you take every day um, that God gives you and you say, hey, hey, God, what do you want me to do today? Use me to make sure that I am helping you get your will uh, done here on earth. And so that's how I wake up every day. And, and we have tough days ahead of us. We, I think it was John F. Kennedy who said, don't pray for easier days, pray to be stronger men. Hmm. And so that's what we need to do because the tough times are going to be upon us and we're going to have to, um, you know, dig through, claw through get some victories, and then turn things around. So we need to pray to be stronger men and women and, uh, and, and you know, work, work for God as we get through this. I think God is definitely with us. Amen. CarrieLake.com, CarrieLake.com. Carrie, as always, thank you for being with us here on Lindell TV. Thank you. Carrie Let's Lake, do it again. You, absolutely. You can count on that. Carrie Lake checking in, folks. Check out her website. Support what she's doing, CarrieLake.com, and pray for her because you can only imagine the pressure and the stress, right? But that's also a very positive report as well. You hear about the great response she's getting as she travels around the country. CarrieLake.com. Get rhythm. When you get the blues, come on, get a rhythm. When you get the blues, get a rock and roll feeling in your bones. Put taps on your toes. Get gone, get a rhythm. Right, Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene made waves over the holiday weekend with this tweet calling for a national divorce. After facing backlash from Democrats and some Republicans, Greene followed up with a detailed thread explaining why she thinks this is a good idea. Greene is saying that a national divorce would empower individual states to form a smaller government, reduce the federal debt, set their own environmental standards. And the Congresswoman has another idea as well banning people who move from blue states to red states from voting for five years so they don't bring their bad politics with them. I actually favor that idea. Anyway, here with more is Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, I, I read this and, and then I read your comments on it. You know, I think most people instinctively want this to be the United States of America. And here's my question. You know, how did you get to this, this point I mean, I, I look at topics, for example, how do you reconcile defund the police and no bail laws with law and order? How do you reconcile secure borders and wide open borders? How do you reconcile energy independence with energy dependence and new green dealism? How do you reconcile peace through strength uh, with with people that want to gut our defense? You know, there I, I don't see middle ground on a lot of these issues. So what is the other answer if it's not a divorce? Well, exactly, Sean. That's the problem and where we are today. 
And in, in my life, in my world, I all of my friends are regular Americans. Everyone I talk to is sick and tired and fed up of being bullied by the left, abused by the left, and disrespected by the left. And our ideas, our policies, our ways of life have become so far apart that it's just coming to that point. And the last thing I ever want to see in America is a civil war. Um, no one wants that, at least everyone I know would never want that. But it's going that direction, and we have to do something about it. We're also a nation, a crumbling nation. We're a nation in distress. Our government is in complete failure, over $34 trillion. We are on the verge of default, and we have to do something about that. But that was the right and the left that did that to the American people on their own. But the Democrats never stop pushing their policies, their ideas, and their culture on Republicans and the right. And we are so sick and tired of it. We are tired of our children being taught ideas and ideologies in school that we do not want our children taught, like gender lies. We do not want our children um, being having their gender change or transitioned. We, we can't even have women's sports and privacy in our bathrooms. And women in prison can't even have spaces. ESG, environmental social governance, has completely taken over corporations. And this is a huge policy pressed on private businesses through the government from Democrats. If you're a white male today in the financial industry, you can forget it. You're a dinosaur. You're going extinct. No one should ever be hired by their skin color or their gender or, or Marjorie, how they identify. It should only be about your character and your ability to do the job. What do you say to your critics that say that mm -hmm. our, our country is governed by our, our Constitution? You swore an oath to defend it. Is there any way that America, in spite of our differences, are we at a point where, okay, you either win an election and your side is up to bat, or you lose an election and their agenda gets pushed forward? Uh, or do you, do you actually think there will be a growing movement towards this because the divide is so deep? I actually think this is a much bigger movement than most people in Washington even realize. And you can take a look at the tweets that I made just yesterday. The amount of likes and retweets that those tweets got should tell people a lot. And they're just not aware of it yet because they don't talk to regular people. You see, this isn't ending our union. This is shrinking the federal government, which we need to stop our spending. Our spending is out of control. We can abolish departments and different parts of our federal government and give states more power and control to conduct their affairs and their laws that fit the people that live in those states. This is more respectful towards all Americans, and it could end the fighting, and hopefully we can respect each other once again. And do you expect it'll happen? Last question. Well, I think it's something that we should work towards because, you know, it's kind of the vision that our founding fathers had for America, and I think it's a great one. It worked in the beginning. We just got it completely out of control, so I hope we can get there. All right, Marjorie Taylor Greene, thanks for explaining it all to us. We appreciate it, as always. The